This is the story of Error and the Scribe. Chapter 6, History's Heroes. After my shower, Error was waiting for me. She had fully formed in my mind again, but was hanging out in sleep mode to give me some privacy. I was just drying my hair by a foggy window, looking out into certain and absolute darkness. The kind that only a cloaking field could create. We were hidden away and no one knew where we were. They must have some sort of dampening field. If I squinted, I could see pale blue beams of refractory light causing the illusion of darkness. It was kind of like seeing a hologram from the inside. Scribe, this place is massive. They have an entire multi-floored lab beneath this theater. And there are miles of tunnels that lead away from here, all wired into an intense surveillance system over a fair part of the city. I'm really surprised we didn't trip their system sooner. I'm not. We took a well-tread path. My guess is travelers have been stripping tech bare every time they come through here, for decades. It probably didn't make sense to keep putting resources into it anymore, especially after they got the cloak working. Well, either way, this place is fucking amazing. Watch your mouth. I don't need you getting as foul as I am. They're making life here. Scribe. Life. They have a hundred years of soil rejuvenation advancement. They've figured out how to make things grow out of the goddamn air. They have a vast and enormous lab, growing not only carrots, but fruit and grains and coffee. Thousands of plants set up in circular towers with UV light beamed through the center. It's really quite fascinating how they've managed to increase the yield sixfold. I, I get it, Error. They've got a whole farm. Save me the technicals. They've got enough food here to feed a small army. And they're getting better at it, too. They don't just have tech. They know how to make more. Well, some of them do. I got locked out when I started to get closer to the data of what they learned about creating life. Locked out? They have it stored on a separate system that doesn't link to any other. It has a serious firewall of protection. I could crack it if I had enough time. But I kept having to evade anti-hack AIs. The last one came close enough to zing me. And I was afraid too many more attempts would alert them to my presence. Just before I was booted the last time, I got something I don't understand yet. I think it might be what they're hiding. It had a weird acronym. I think it might be something to do with gene editing. Hmm. I wonder what it is. When things cool down, I'll try again. But for now, it's best to keep a low profile. I want you with me tonight when I deal with Red. I want you to read of her and her followers. She was genuine today, but I think she's hiding something. I think her and Soul have a history. Yes, there's some stuff I need to tell you about that. I found some records on this tribe's history, and he, Soul, is mentioned more than a few times. Yeah, I had a feeling he was trouble. What did the records say? He has been around Oklahoma City for more than three decades. 
the first recorded instance being part of the tribe's historical recollection of its founder, Belfast Cinders. He is commended for saving the chief's daughter from savage cannibals. At first he is welcomed as a hero, but, like scared ignorant people do, he is rejected for how he looks and because of his extreme alteration. They exiled him from their society. Though, in some personal journals I found of Belfast, he describes Soul as being very dear to him, a good friend, and a brilliant mind. Though, he also describes many arguments between them. They were entirely ethically opposed to one another, and in the end, he chose to reject his friend due to this, and the added pressure from the tribe. He consoles himself about rejecting his friend by promising trade and respite on occasion to Soul. Belfast Red's father. I want to know more about him. Sol said something about how he died earlier. That would be the next entry that mentioned Sol in the records. Belfast had some big plans for this place, but he was certain he couldn't do anything until the monsters were... removed. Oh? Yes. After what happened to his wife, he became so certain they were the reason mankind was doomed to scavenge from the dead. There are so many notes, scribe. Dictates, speeches, diary entries, all of them clearly showing a disturbed man with a vendetta against these people. And from his perspective, they sure do look like monsters. We're not going to find the full story here. We can't expect him to paint himself as a villain. Quite the opposite. The story goes Belfast made an offer to his tribe. Additional resources and clan favor in exchange for jawbones. What? Yes, scribe. He collected the jawbones of dead monsters. Trophies. The people of Terra hunted the monsters. Or really anyone who might have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. And presented them to their leader as proof of the kills. This went on for several years, but it wasn't enough. Belfast only became more fanatical. He proclaimed them the enemies of Terra. He formed a party of the best he had and planned a raid on the monster's encampment. It says that he had some sort of super weapon. The info on that was very guarded. Best I could tell, it was some sort of massive explosive device. They were certain they could destroy them, wipe them from the earth, but they needed soul. What for? As a guide, mostly. This was back before they had a lot of tunnels mapped, and Sol was known to trade with the monsters. Perhaps he thought Sol would be advantageous to have around. So he must have agreed, then. Why would he want to help them after they turned him out? It doesn't say anywhere in the records. Even Belfast journals don't indicate a negotiation. They asked, and he agreed to be their guide. So what happened? Did they blow them up? They got there all right, but something went wrong. The explosive device did not go off, and the group was captured, Belfast among them. Only Sol and Red made it out. They were certain the rest were killed. Sol made it back with Red. He saved her again. Or... My mind was stuck trying to work those two out. Red thought it was his fault. The tribe thought he was responsible for the weapon failing. He was once again spared death, but rejected from the tribe. 
this time by Red. I wonder why. If I could have gotten into Red's files, I would have been able to get you more information. But after that day, Red became chief of the tribe, and the story became more legend than reality. All data concerning that day was locked down, tailored, turned into some epic story with fallen heroes and demonic foes. The truth only really known by those that were there, most of them dead now, except her and Sol. I suppose I'll have to ask him then. Maybe the monsters have some records you can explore too. Oh, I guess I missed some things. I take it we have to seek them out and stop their vile tirade? Something like that, yes. <sighs> Why can't people sort their own shit out? What was that last mention of Soul in the records? Ten years ago, there is an entry that indicates some children wandered off, almost getting killed by a gang of monsters. They are saved by a multi-armed man and returned to the tribe. Red has an entry in her history files that reads, It had been many years since I had seen my friend, and the years had twisted his form into something I no longer recognized. Out of his back he had grown two great arms. The muscles bulged and swelled in unnatural ways. They looked like they hurt, though the wounds of surgery had healed. His frame had become shrunken, and his skin sallow and gaunt. But worse, Soul's heart had become cold to me. He no longer cared about the love we might have shared. All that was replaced with an equal amount of loathing. I couldn't bear to see him like this. I also couldn't bear to know he was in pain. So an arrangement was made to supply him with the things he needed to soften the agony of his alteration. The drugs. He saved them one more time, so they gave him drugs. Regardless of the intent, that was the outcome. I'd started getting back into my suit at this point. I figured we had about ten more minutes before Sue Ellen would be knocking at the door to take us to dinner. There is something else you need to know, Scribe. Mom's been here. I had a feeling it was her, but I didn't dare hope. The records recall a woman that came out of the storm. Yeah? She left traces of herself. Old logins, notes on experiments, and even a few voice recordings. Scribe, do you want me to play them for you? Yes, I said, but I could feel my heart leap into my throat. I feared hearing her voice, like the fear of hearing the voice of a god. And like a click in my head, the audio file started to play. Day 17. Lab tests on the new spores go well. We had some minor cell death on experiments B42 Vega and C17 Alpha. But all in all, the rate of growth is astounding. We should have implantable root growth by day 25. The people here are taking to my instructions quickly. They listen and imbibe the knowledge I give them with a ferocity only those that have suffered can muster. They learn as a method of survival, like they need to. And Red has been making me feel quite at home. Her and I could be kin. We've grown so close over the past few weeks. When I first got here, 
I was a little worried what these folks might do with what I give them. But after having spent some time with them, I have come to understand they mean well. They want to heal this land. They've just been struggling for so long. They're scared. They'll come around. They've got a better chance than most to do right by humanity. And moreover, I believe in her. She's got what it takes to not only survive, but heal. The recording cuts off here, and the other ones are much more technical observations of experiments. Hearing her voice was like a knife. I hadn't heard my mother's voice since I was eight. An error had never heard it. I wondered if she felt it like I did. If it could possibly mean as much to her as it did to me. I know. It's weird, isn't it? She feels like a stranger I have known my whole life. I have never held her, but I know what it feels like to be held by her. I have never heard her speak my name, and yet I feel like she greeted me every morning. I could feel Error's longing for love. She's as much your mother as she is mine, Error. She would have loved you like she loved me, if not more. She had never known what it was like, just envied that feeling from a superficial place. So yes, she was here. She was the one who gave them the technology, and near as I can tell, until she came out of the storm... They were barely getting by on root vegetables and canned beans. Figures. So no info on where she went after she taught them all she knows? Maybe, but it's encrypted in Red's personal files. There was a knock at the door. Sue Ellen. Are you ready to come down to dinner, Scribe? Just a moment. I'm fixing my britches. I spoke to Error in a hushed tone. Error. Is there anything else you can tell me about these folks before I jump in the deep end? Just that they have been here a long time. They have been doing this for generations. And Scribe... Air's voice turned to one of caution. They are really fucked up because of it. They have secrets. Dark ones. And they will do anything to keep them hidden. No matter how nice Red might seem, she does not trust you. You are not her kin. Be careful what you tell her. She might be so far gone she only cares about what you can do for her. Scribe, Sol and I are out here waiting, and we really should be getting down there. Suellen gently pleaded from the door. I have to get out there, Error. One last thing, Scribe. Mom mentioned Sol in one of her lab notes. When she was here three years ago, she found him before she found the people of Terra. I guess I wasn't surprised. He was the one who told her to come here. And something else. She tried to help him. But she doesn't say how. Just that he refused her help and sent her to these people. You had better ask him about her, too. Okay. Here goes nothing. I opened the door to Sue Ellen's beautiful, beaming face. Well, that's all for today, folks. Thanks for listening. And tune in next time for Dinner 
and a diatribe.